Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. Forty ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I am Al Sacco, back from vacation with you, as well as with my man Brian Reddick. So I was on a cruise, Brian. Have you ever been yeah, on a were. cruise? You were on a boat. I've never cruise? been on a cruise. So very, very. I'm not like a cruise guy. Like after the first mm-hmm. couple of days, the ship gets old. But what they don't tell you, or maybe they do, and we're just fucking stupid, is when you get <laughs> off the cruise, you feel like you're on the water for days. Oh. So I've been on land and feel like I'm rocking for three days and I am not a happy person right now. Like I literally feel like, I don't know, like I vertigo <laughs> or some shit. It's been really, yeah. really rough. I've, I've had that experience just from like a day boating on a lake or whatever, where like you get off. And I, what's funny to me is that the time, typically the times I've experienced it is like a day of boating and then I get home and then I go to take a shower and I think just the water and everything. And all of a sudden I'm just kind of, like swaying in the shower, like what the hell is happening? So I read, yeah, I can enclosure. imagine. Yeah. The same thing happened to me in the shower and I read it's the enclosure. Yeah. Like it messes with you, dude. It's oh, okay. just, if you're ever been, don't go on a cruise, go into like an all inclusive <laughs> thing. You do the same shit with excursions yeah. and you're not going to feel like you're rocking later. So, all right. A couple of things I got to hit. First thing I want to say is um, I myself have developed a partnership with Panini, who is just, just phenomenal sports cards. And if you go to my Twitter page right now, I'm doing another giveaway from Panini where I'm giving away some the new product rookies and stars that they have out. And if you're watching any clips from us, you can see I have the box here right with me. I'm giving away some numbered 49ers cards, Debo Samuel numbered to 50, Nick Bosa numbered cards, and some autos too. AJ Dillon's oh, in there. Cool. All you have to do is like it or retweet it. And you enter. Um, check out Panini. Check out rookies and stars because their stuff is awesome. All right, Brian. I Peter King retired. And I know. Peter King is a legend, just an absolute legend. One of the things that I thought about when I saw that is 
when you meet or like, you know, we have a lot of people on the show and a lot of times it's just in passing, right? We may talk to somebody mm-hmm. for 15 minutes out of our lives, but it's somebody we never thought that we would really talk to. Yeah. And you never know what these people are like. You know, we had Peter King on. We were both kind of like, wow, this, okay, that's big time. Like it's this huge, is going to yeah. be Peter King. And we were both really excited. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wondered as he was going on, it was what, maybe like 1130 in the morning or something when we interviewed him. East Coast yeah, time. it was. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't late in the day or anything for sure. Yeah. And I thought I thought, OK, you know, what's he going to be like? Is he just going to get this done? Is this a business thing for him? You know, 15 minutes and I'm out. Some people, they are contractually obligated and they're just, you know, here and there. But we 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 get on the call with this legend. Right. And he pops up on the screen or whatever. And he's nice as can be. And he says yeah. to us. Guys, hold on. I'm just finishing up my tea. So we're like, okay. You know, I'm worried he's going to be like, all right, let's get this going. So he's making his tea and he comes and sits back and he's just asking me and Brian about me and Brian. It was awesome. We're talking for a little while. He said, do you guys want to see my apartment? We're like, sure. (laughs) So he gave us a visual. Yeah. Yeah. He gave us a virtual tour of his Brooklyn apartment. And then we did the interview and he was awesome on the interview. Gave us Mm -hmm. really thoughtful answers. And then we talked to him for like 10, 15 minutes after. Yeah. He was such a great person. And I just, every time something like that, I just want to share it with the listeners. He's retiring. He's a legend. He deserves all his kudos for what he's accomplished in his career. And the listeners, as he deserves to know, is as good as he was as a writer and covering the game, he was an even better person than Brian and I experienced that firsthand. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like <clears throat> when I think about kind for me specifically, right, I'm 41. Um, when I think about like the legends that have covered this game or, or at least the ones that that I felt like were uh, like I couldn't miss their column or whatever. And, and a lot of it was was Peter King w- was there for a lot of it. But I felt like Peter King kind of picked up the mantle when Paul Zimmerman or Dr. Z, um, uh you know, he developed health issues and whatnot, but I know Peter King had a a great relationship with him, but again, it was these, Mm -hmm. these sports illustrated writers. And, you know, even when Peter King left sports illustrated uh, and his Monday morning football in America, um, you know, or Monday morning quarterback was his column. And, you know, uh, Albert Breer picked it up for SI and he's done a great job. And, and, you know, it, I, I read him as well, but it's always been Peter. Peter's always been the one that every Monday I'm like, all right, I got to read Peter's column because it's going to be full of anecdotes that you're not going to get anywhere else. It's going to be full of heart. It's going to be full of things that aren't mm-hmm. always about football. And I just really genuinely appreciated not only Peter's coverage of the game, but you know, just the fact that while he covered the game better than anybody, um, he also left room for important topics, uh, art, things like that, where it was like, this is, this is a guy that recognizes that, you know, he's a football writer, but more than that, he, he writes for, for the humans that read his stuff. And I, I genuinely appreciated Peter. And one of the things I thought was cool was that he took the opportunity. Granted, nobody knew this was coming. This was, he released this article Mm -hmm. and was like, Hey, by the way, I'm retiring. You're like, wait, what? Like, what the heck? Um, but he called, he, he drew attention to uh, some of the people that he thinks are kind of going to, are, are picking up the mantle or going to pick up the mantle as we move forward. And one of them was Albert Breer. But one of the things that I thought, and, and cause I do genuinely appreciate this guy, but he, he, um, Peter King called out 
or 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 I don't know, called out seems like the wrong word, but he drew attention to uh, Benjamin Solak, who writes for the Ringer, and, and we've talked about Ben and some of his. You know, he it's it's not Stephen Ruiz, right? Stephen Ruiz is 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 our is our Brock Purdy hater, right? But I really really like what Benjamin does, and and he's a really young guy. I think he's in his early uh, to mid twenties. Um, but just a very intelligent guy writes really well about football. In fact, there was an article uh, prior to the Super Bowl that Ben put out that I thought was was required reading for any fan uh, for any 49er fan. And it was all about how, you know, how we talk about and think about the Kyle Shanahan offense and and the kind of the buzzwords that that people use, which is like play action and outside zone. And, you know, he went through this entire article with clips and and everything where it was like Kyle Shanahan doesn't even run the Kyle Shanahan offense anymore, the way that we know it, right? Uh, A lot less play action, a lot less outside zone, a lot more, right? And it just was, it was a great example of a narrative not fitting anymore based on evidence, but people still just spewing the narrative regardless. And again, not in a negative way, but uh, it was just really cool to learn a little bit more uh, for me, at least about the X's and O's of what, of what Shanahan has done to, uh, evolve this offense. And so, um, I thought it was cool that he, that he pointed out Ben as well. So yeah, Peter King, uh, a legend in the industry. Uh, hopefully he's not gone, uh, just, you know, cold Turkey. We don't get anything from him anymore. And I imagine that's not the case, but, uh, I will miss, I will miss Peter's Monday, uh, column for sure. It was required reading for me, uh, during the season and to not have it next season is, is kind of a sad thing to think about. But you know what we do have, Brian, is we have the San Francisco 49ers who <laughs> yes, are a never-ending content machine. I love covering this team. It's not just that I'm a fan of this team. I can't even imagine covering another team because no other team just keeps giving you nugget after nugget after nugget. Even though we're in February, even though there really shouldn't be that much to talk about, I feel like there's so much to talk about with the 49ers. The season ended, okay, their season ended the 11th of February. That was the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay, remember Brian and our taxi back and forth. We got to find stuff to talk about now and everything else, but we cover the 49ers. So there's always something happening in 16 days. It's all it's been. We have the Brandon Ayuk drama about his brother and his girlfriend putting things on social media about maybe he's leaving two days later or a day after that, whatever it was, they fire Steve Wilkes. You yep. think, okay, they're going to have another defensive coordinator you know, within a week or so, but no, no, because they're the 49ers. So two weeks have still gone by. and People are saying, oh, what about Belichick? What about Pete Carroll? Which is just crazy. That's never happening. But because it's the Niners, those names are going to get attached to, to the team like this. But we still don't know. They still don't know. We know the interview Brandon Staley. We know Daniel Bullock is in the mix. Chris Kiffin. We know there's some, some names in the mix. And there's still mm-hmm. some people yet to um, interview. And I know you touched on it last week, the show yeah. when I wasn't here. But We'll find out soon, maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday, maybe Friday, but you just got to love this team. They just, they just keep you hanging on. Man. They just, yeah. Never ending. I love it. it. It's interesting to me. You know, one of the things that I brought up was that Kyle Shanahan, every season that he's been here, when there's been staff changes has made and completed those staff changes by the time the combine started and the combine started yesterday. The combine is this week in Indianapolis and no word whatsoever, not only on who is who the the DC is going to be, but really kind of vague and secretive about who the candidates have been. And, you know, it did come out, like you said, they did interview Brandon Staley. Um, they did interview 
Daniel Bullock's on the staff. Uh, Nick Sorensen uh, is supposed to um, <clears throat> is supposed to interview uh, this week. He's also an internal candidate, but it, it just seems like it just seems like a, a drawn out process, and it seems like it's gone on longer than likely it should have because it's not like they're competing with other teams to get interviews with these guys. They're the only team with an opening. And mm-hmm. so all of these guys are, you know, anybody that you could think of is available right now to to interview or whatnot. So the fact that it's taken this long is is just kind of weird to me. And I don't know that it says anything. I'm not trying to make connections. I'm not trying to spew conspiracies or anything like that. You know, I think a lot of people think that the longer it's gone on, it's because the 49ers are trying their hardest to lure Bill Belichick. I still don't think that's the case. No. I haven't, I don't dismiss it out of hand anymore just because of how long it's taken, but maybe um, Jeff Olbrook or Olbrook. It's, but that's it's complicated, you know, and that's uh, Tim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami uh, tweeted out last week that he thought that they were close to, to hiring somebody. And then in his mailbag column, his prediction was Jeff Olbrich um, or Olbrick, uh, former 49er. But he's the current defensive coordinator for, for the New York Jets. Yeah, I'm not certain why out. the Jets would be open to him making a lateral move. Um, that just always that seemed really weird to me. Um, and so, you know, I'm not sure. And and you know, I I was on record right after they fired Steve Wilkes that I thought that Brandon Staley might be the most uh, intriguing candidate. And it seems like he is a candidate. And there's been a lot of people that have poo-pooed that, but um, again, you look at you look at guys like Steve Spagnolo who were disasters as head coaches, but really good coordinators, mm-hmm. and you think maybe that's just what Staley's lot in life is, and and that would be that would be tremendous because again, the season that he was with the the Rams was really, really, really good, and you know people want to say, well, it's because he had you know Jalen Ramsey and and Aaron Donald. Well, again, <laughs> the cupboard's not bare in San Francisco, so. Uh, the longer this goes on, the weirder it is to me, but um, it certainly seems like it doesn't really matter to the 49ers. Uh, John Lynch was at the podium today and, you know, somebody asked, like, is it hard to to be here without a defensive coordinator? And he basically said, like, no, because we know who we want to be. We know what we want to run. And so, you know, I don't know if that means that internal candidates are more likely or less likely, but it certainly seems like they're you know, they're not, they're not hurting for not having anybody uh, hired at the position yet. Yeah. And one, another thing that's cool about covering a team that's really good and, and always plays late in the playoffs is you don't have that far of a turnaround until things start to happen again. And like we said, the Niners pretty much yeah. stopped playing about two weeks ago and here we are at the combine already and we're getting ready for the draft and free agency. And I think this draft is huge for the 49ers. And I'll tell you why after this. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. So why do I think this draft is is huge for the 49ers? The Niners have had three drafts that I don't know if those last three, which I call the Trey Lance drafts, because they Mm -hmm. really didn't have first-round picks other than Lance in the last three years. They 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 didn't get anything there. They didn't really get anything in the second round. They haven't gotten guys to play tackle and come in and replace Trent Williams. They haven't, they don't have the depth at defensive end. You know, guys they normally take in the first couple rounds for the lines and that sort of thing. They haven't been able to do that. So I started looking at, at their drafts and what they did in the last three years and what they did before that. Here's what I came up with. The reason the 49ers are the 49ers as you know them right now, a large reason for that is because they got stars in core players from 2017 through 2020 in the draft. So 2017, you get George Kittle, one of the top two tight ends in the NFL. He's making $20 million or whatever it is. They gave him a second contract. He is a core blue chip player. 2018, you draft Fred Warner in the third round, probably the best linebacker in the league. Another huge contract guy that you keep around. 2019, you get Bosa, Debo, and Greenlaw. All guys, again, second contracts, core players. Greenlaw's a top 10 linebacker. Bosa is a former defensive player of the year. Debo's a former All-Pro. And then 2020, you get Ayuk. During that time, they also gave a second contract to Eric Armstead, who was drafted Mm -hmm. by a different regime, but still a homegrown player. So over that four-year period, you have seven guys who are homegrown and absolute core blue chip great players and i don't mean like you could draft a good player mike mcglinchey was a good pick regardless mm-hmm. of what you think of him he played for five seasons he started for five seasons he didn't get a second contract so it wasn't he wasn't an elite player but it was a good pick but when you're talking elite of the elite the niners have had six of them 
in those four years. Every year they got an elite player in the draft in those four years. That's why you see the team on the field that you see now. The last three years, Brian, I'd argue maybe they haven't drafted one, maybe one. I'll say maybe one elite player. And, and I'll go through it with you why I think that. So if you look at 2020, 21, I'm sorry, the Lance draft. They take Lance, complete bust. Aaron Banks, again, maybe that's a good pick. If, you know, I don't know that he had the best season, but maybe he's a guy that plays guard for them for a while, but he's not a core game changer like a Kittle or a Warner. Nobody's going to say, you could call him a good pick, but nobody's going to say that's an elite pick. He's not Alan Fanica. You know, he's not Larry Allen. Trey Sermon, obviously not. Ambry Thomas probably won't be on the team much longer. Jalen Moore, no. Lenore, terrific pick in the fifth round. Ufunga, also a terrific pick in the fifth round. Those are two guys who maybe will will stay. So they could be guys who, as we get into 2025, that maybe are part of the answer. Maybe you're still building around them. Are they cornerstone blue chip guys? Maybe that remains to be seen. They're both really good players, so you could say that. And then Elijah Mitchell, who was a good pick, but he's not going to get a second contract. Then you look at 2022. Drake Jackson doesn't look like that's working out. TDP, he's gone. Danny Gray can't get on the field. Spencer Burford is rotating at guard. I think that's a position you need to upgrade. Sam Womack, Nick Zakel, Kalia Davis, Castro Fields. Nothing there to write home about. And then you have Brock Purdy, who I think is the one guy in these, in these three drafts that you could say is, is a blue-chip cornerstone guy for sure. And then this year's this past draft, we don't know. But Jair Brown, starter, I think he could be a starter. I don't think he's going to be a cornerstone blue-chip guy. Jake Moody's a kicker. Uh, Cameron Latu looked like he should have been cut in the preseason. Luter, Beal, Winters, Braden Willis, Bell, Graham. Maybe a couple of the linebackers work out, you know, with maybe, maybe uh, D Winters works out. But again, you can't look at any of these guys and say they're blues chip cornerstone guys. Mm -hmm. So that's what worries me about the last three years. When you look at those drafts, you have maybe three players, maybe that you can say, yeah. When 2025 hits, these guys are going to be on the team for the next five or six years, and they're going to be starters, and you build around them. Definitely Purdy, maybe Lenore, probably Hufunga, if he's if his knee comes back okay. But they didn't get, I don't think, in those drafts, a Kittle, a Debo, an Ayuk, a Bosa, a Warner. These people that have made the 49ers the 49ers, they haven't gotten them those last, in these last three drafts. That's why this draft is huge. They have to get not only impact guys, but guys that are going to be cornerstones to build around in 2025 when you may not have George Kittle, when you may not have a Trent Williams, when McCaffrey's 30 years old, when maybe Debo is possibly not on the team. They have to start getting that second wave of the core, and they have to start that now. Yeah, it's um, it's arguably the most important draft that they've had since uh, 2019 when they had the second overall pick and, and got Nick Bosa. Um, like you said, They've been able to, they've been able to, I guess you would say they've been able to weather the Trey Lance debacle largely because they got Brock Purdy and mm -hmm. they were, they were already a really good team that was snake bit by injuries in 2020. So they had a higher draft pick that they were able to parlay into you know, the trade up for, for Lance. And so, um, you know, a lot of times people like to trivialize the loss of those first round picks because this team is so good that those first round picks are glorified second rounders, but there's still an advantage of having a first round pick. And that's the five, the fifth year option. 
which you know is is a is a great uh, tool for for teams to have when it comes to roster building because you know you, you would argue that those first round picks are are tend to be the most talented you know in in the draft and so to be able to get that fifth year at a you know at a lower cost and then parlay that into an extension or whatever that is an advantage and so the reality is the the Trey Lance trade and the failure of Trey Lance the roster problems are coming home to roost now mm -hmm. right and that's what you're talking about the lack of depth the lack of future at left or right tackle the lack of uh future at defensive end opposite Nick Bosa the lack of future at issue. tight end right the lack of future you know I I like the I like where they are in the secondary um I which is interesting to me because that used to be a a, a real weakness of this team and mm -hmm. as it stands now you know I think they could I think they could extend Ward again to another two or three year contract and maybe lower his cap hit this season and now and now you've got Mooney Ward and Lenore and then you know try and bring in another guy from the draft right but I, I like where the secondary is they're young um, you know, even with Hufunga and Brown and and Lenore and even Mooney Ward, who is, I think is only still 27, um, if not 28. But um, I don't like where they're at with their linebacking core because we just haven't seen a lot. Um, we didn't see really anything from D. Winters or Jalen Graham. D. Winters seemed to me when he was drafted to be kind of a, that that eye towards being a green law replacement but we never really saw him on the field so it's hard to know what what they have in him um, i imagine we're going to see more of him but along the offensive line you see it um you know it's 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 a really outside of trent williams who is the rising tide that lifts all boats it's it's a pretty piss poor offensive line um aaron banks mm -hmm. played well last season didn't play as well this season. Wasn't as good this year. Uh, and then Jake Brendel is is just average at center. Uh, and he's thirty three. Yeah. Jake Brendel is not a twenty six year old. Dude. Yeah, Jake Brendel's been around for a while. He's getting to be in his mid thirties. Yeah, and right guard is a just a black hole like it has been, and right tackle is a black hole like it has yeah, been. Yeah, you need like, an upgrade. They're just they just haven't addressed some of these things, and those are the both Super Bowl losses can be attributed to that offensive line. And yet they still refuse to address it or or put the necessary uh, investment of capital, whether that be a free agent like Mike Nwenu, who I think would be huge for them, or mm -hmm. you know a, a, an early round pick uh, at tackle. You know they they didn't have a first round pick last year, didn't have a second round pick, uh, but there were some third round picks at tackle that started in the NFL this past season and looked really good. Now whether they were a fit for them or not hard to know um obviously if they didn't take them i would assume they thought they weren't but it's still as a fan hard to be like you saw this coming and and you thought mckivitz was the answer and and why like what did you see from mckivitz that made you think that he was the answer at right tackle um and and again why aren't we why aren't we addressing right guard like spencer burford isn't it um but yeah this this is uh to me this is the most important draft for the future of this team since 2019 and it'll be interesting to see how it goes because this will be the first draft without adam peters uh lynch announced today that Tariq ahmad is essentially uh 
been elevated to that role. He's not assistant GM, but he is now director of pro uh, of player personnel. And there was another name, and I don't remember who has been elevated to uh, director of pro personnel. Um, but this will be their first draft without uh, who a lot of people attribute to the late round success for this 49ers team. And that is Adam Peters. He's not there anymore. So where they've made their hay in the later rounds, can they continue to do that without Peter's leadership? Um, and then can they, can they, can they draft players in the first, second and third round, which have been really, really bad rounds for them. They've been really bad at drafting in the first, second, and third round, which is wild when you consider how much talent is on the team. And then you look and it's like, well, yeah, that, you know, outside of Fred Warner, nothing in the third round, you know, but in the fourth and fifth round, you've got guys like Kittle and Greenlaw and, you know, Hufunga and Lenore and right. And you're like, where's that success success in yeah dj jones was a sixth round pick where's that success in the early round so you know i i'm really i'm really intrigued by what it is that they do in this draft and whether or not they recognize the shortcomings of that offensive line and sink a lot of capital in it in this draft i think they need to come away with a starting right tackle and a starting right guard from this draft if they're going to fix anything that has kept them from winning a Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs in 2019 and now in, in 2023. And they have to get better at the defensive line. And I was listening to Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football. It had to be yesterday. It had to be on Monday. He said something that really caught my attention, and I'll tell you why after this. So Peter's on Good Morning Football, and Peter Schrager is, you know, he's tight with the Niners. He's mm-hmm. he's and he's generally very positive about the 49ers. And he had a segment where he was talking about just are the Niners going to have a Super Bowl hangover? He brought up some points. And it was one of those things where I'm sitting there and I'm eating my breakfast. And like, I'm just, he's making, I'm like, you're making me nervous, Peter. Like, you're making me nervous. <laughs> he's, but he brought up a lot of valid points. And I think it's points that because the 49ers have been so good and because they keep coming back, I think a lot of fans gloss it over and say, oh, we'll be okay. Peter was like, they've had some really long seasons. Mm-hmm. And this is an older team now. You have three years in a row where you're playing about 20 games a year. And it, it, I, think the, I think the Niners are the third oldest team in the league, or they're right about there. So they're an older team. Their stars are getting up there. And Peter was like, can you get back again? It's really difficult. And they were talking about the defense. And Ryan Leaf was there for Kyle Brandt. And he said, well, you was talking about Steve Wilkes. You know, they got rid of Steve Wilkes, who was – had one of the best statistical defenses. And I'm like, dude, you clearly didn't watch it. I don't care what the stats said. But then Ryan Leaf said, and we know how good the defensive line is. And Peter said, not this year they weren't. Yeah. And that really got me thinking. And I was like, you know what, man? Like, you're right. They really weren't. They had moments, but they weren't consistently the 49ers defensive line that we've that we've seen and become used to. And when you look at this year, you brought up all valid points, Brian. They have to fix the offensive line. They need this and that. They don't have another defensive end. They really don't. Jake Jackson's on the team, whatever. But and they went into this year with huge question marks there, and they still they're not going to resign Chase Young unless Chase Young takes a team friendly incentive. You know they shouldn't resign Chase Young. No, nor should they. Yeah, I'm thrilled he decided to fucking show up in the Super Bowl. Thanks, man. You know what I mean? Like we didn't see it before then, and he certainly didn't show up in the NFC Championship game. So I don't want to. Yeah. Sorry, man. Go get your contract somewhere else as, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned with that. But 
they didn't play well on the defensive line this year. You know, Armstead was hurt towards the end of the year. But again, this is probably Armstead's last season. And he's in his 30s. And this yeah. is likely Javon Hargrave's last season. And he's in his 30s because they can get out of Hargrave's contract after this year. Mm-hmm. They need to address the shit out of the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Or you're looking at, again, this all-in for 2024. And then it's going to be like, well, I don't know. What do, what do we do now? In this draft, you have to get, yes, offensive linemen. If they even... They prioritize tackle, but it seems like they don't give a shit about guard. So we'll, we'll see what they <laughs> Which, do. It doesn't make yeah, sense because that's what and I know they took Aaron to... Banks in the second round, but they, it seems like yeah. guard and center sometimes it's like, you know, they did prioritize it with Reston, Reston Richburg when they signed him, but then you're going with Brendel in guard. You take Aaron Banks in the second round, but then you're, you're literally rotating other guard the other side. I, I really don't know. And that's a huge thing. You're right. But the defensive line, this is the bread and butter of this team. This is the reason why this defense has been so good. They need upgrades there. They need mm-hmm. players that can stop the run in the middle, and they need probably a couple more defensive ends. And we'll see if they maybe go after somebody like a Bryce Huff or somebody like that free agency. Um, but they need to address that. The Niners defensive end right now, yeah, there's names, but it is not the 49ers defensive line that you that you think that it is. And that some of these people, even, even nationally, are going to say, well, that line's great. And somebody who's tied into the team like Peter is saying, well, hold on. Well, it wasn't this year. Yeah. And if somebody like that says that Peter Schrager is saying that with how complimentary he is of the 49ers and how close he is with the 49ers, pay attention, pay attention. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think there's moves to be made at defensive ends, similar to what they did with like a Samson Ebukam where, um, you know, you do a, a two year deal for a guy that showed potential, but maybe not a lot of uh, production, they've really, really, really missed, you know, they were, they were at their best in 2019 when they had Nick Bosa on one side and D Ford on the other on obvious passing downs with DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead in the middle. And I really think that they've been trying to get back there, but just haven't succeeded, you know, and, and I think the, the Ebucom signing was, you know, and, and attempted that. And while Ebukam was a fine player and, and, and even a, a good player at times, it, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't D Ford and, and that's fine. Like D Ford when healthy was a superstar. It's just, the mm-hmm. problem was he was never healthy. And, um, you know, so there are names out there like a Bryce Huff or for me, it's Josh Uche from, from the Patriots. That's my, like my prize of, of this, uh, of this free agent class if you will uh, to be perfectly honest it's it's mike and wenu and josuche both from the the patriots um if they could get both of those guys which they could you know there's there's definitely they not only are they rolling over almost 38 million dollars in cap space this season but um there are moves to be made to give themselves more including uh you know i read today that there is talk of working through a possible extension for Fred Warner, which would again, lower his cap hit this season yeah. and keep him here, you know, basically through the, uh, arguably the end of his career, I would assume. But um, so they can be players in free agency and they're going to have to be because they can't, they can't plug all these holes with draft picks, right? Like some of these holes are too important to just hope on, on a draft pick, right? Hope on a, a number 31 overall pick or, hope on a, you know, a late second round pick to, to be these guys. And so, you know, I, I, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that within the first three rounds, they will address the defensive line at least once. 
Um, and maybe even depending upon who is available at 31, if the tackles that they like aren't there and, uh, you know, they think that they could, they, there's not a big difference between a tackle they could get at 31 and a tackle that they could get late in second round. Then maybe they go with like a defensive end, like a Darius, um, was it Darius Robinson, uh, from, uh, Missouri, uh, who is a, uh, a riser in this draft. Um, there are some other defensive end prospects. So they're definitely going to address that that defensive line because they do all the time. I mean, that's like you said, right. that's their bread and they'll butter. They'll make it a priority. Yeah. yeah, they'll they'll definitely make it a priority. And I think they'll make it a priority in both free agency and in the draft. But the Super Bowl hangover is I mean, you can't really look at, at 2020 as a Super Bowl hangover for the 49ers because I mean, it was COVID. I mean, it was just a weird ass season. Like it just is what it was, you know, it was what it was, you know, Nick Bosa went down with his knee injury in week two. Um, Solomon Thomas, the same week, like they were just snake bit by injuries. So it's, it's hard to even think like you can't even really reflect on how they did after that, after that previous Super Bowl loss and, and, and say, Hey, like we can expect this, but I also feel like this team is is too top heavy and and too full of veteran leadership to fall victim to a Super Bowl hangover. The problem for me is that everybody in the division outside of the Cardinals but you know don't know what they're going to do but are going to be better. The Rams are going to be better. The Seahawks are going to be better. And the Seahawks also hired the guy that whose defense kicked the shit out of you on national TV in, on, on Christmas. Now, that guy's running the defense in Seattle now. And he seems to have a bit of, you know, he seems to have Kyle Shanahan figured out a little bit. Now, granted, that was one example, so we'll see. But the NFC is not going to be as easy as it was this past season. The lions are going to be better. The Eagles are probably going to be better. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. They're going mm-hmm. to be good. Whether Packers they're a threat or not, improving. who knows? Right. So to me, it's not necessarily a Super Bowl hangover, but rather the path isn't going to be as easy. And this is a team that is old enough that they need a buy. And I just don't, I don't anticipate them being good enough to to earn the bye next year. Um, their schedule is going to be too tough, and they're just, you know, they're a year older, and I don't know. But, you know, they could come out and absolutely prove me wrong, but you never know. So it, to me, it's, it's, it's not a Super Bowl hangover so much as it's just a harder path. And this was, you know, we kept saying it. This was the year. This was the yeah, year for them. Really the Chiefs are going to be better next year. <laughs> Let's be real about yeah, no, that. That's true. The yeah. Chiefs are going to be better next year. Which they're is scary, going to they're, probably... they're going to resign Chris Jones. They're probably going to resign LeJarrius Sneed. They're going to sign and or draft receiver. or both a receiver, right? Like they're going to be better. So where are the 49ers going to get better? Where well, do they right. get better? That's I the think question. Part of what, yeah, and I think part of what they have to do, you we were talking about the defensive line. I think back to 2021 where I don't know that there were household names on a lot of the defensive line, but just remember their playoff run. Waves. They just had people shook. Mm-hmm. That defensive line played terrific, and it was mm-hmm. guys like Amenehu and Ibukam and Jordan Willis and, and DJ, DJ Jones. Jones. 
guys mm-hmm. like that who are not, you know, DJ Jones got a big contract, but these guys may not be household names, but they're just mm-hmm. really good players. And there were just waves of them coming at mm-hmm. wave after wave after wave. And then you got your superstars in Armstead and Bosa too. You still got your superstars there, even though some are a little bit older. Hargrave, you know, again, for I, I don't know that he was worth what they paid him this year for what the whole season. I mean, he didn't he have did the, the same season. kind of season he did in Philly, but no, yeah. he did not. And then you didn't have those other guys. Chase Young's a name, but I would have rather had Evil Common and Manny <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, they still haven't really replaced DJ Jones to help in the run game. So, it's things like that where they have to get better. They have to add, whether it's to the draft, free agency, a little bit of both. It doesn't be a $20 million guy. He's somebody no. like a Manihu who you're like, oh, I don't really know this guy. And then he comes in and he's mm-hmm. a perfect fit. They didn't break the bank for Ibuka. The, these are guys that they have to go and get again. So they have the waves of people to, to throw at you in the defensive yeah. line. That's that's how you win games. You couple that with now Brock Purdy on offense and Christian McCaffrey and a lot of the guys who are still going to be there, at least for 2024. Now we're talking. And, you know, now I feel really good again. And, and I'm not saying the Niners aren't going to do this. I'm not here like, oh, geez, you know, this team doesn't know what they're doing. They've proven they know what they're doing. But they've made some choices because that's money or whatever the reason where they don't have this depth right now. They don't have these guys. So that's just what I want to see this offseason. And I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to see what they, what they do in free agency and in the draft. But these are things like, listen, for our listeners, take off the red and gold glasses. You got a year with this core. Mm-hmm. And there's the depth. We just, we've been talking about all the holes. The Niners have work to do. And I'm not saying they're not going to do the work. They may very well do the work. And in two years, we're like, holy shit, look at the last two drafts and look how well they did. That yeah. could really happen because we've seen them do it. But there is work to be done this offseason. No doubt. And and like I said, I, th- I think the question becomes, how do, how do you as a team get better, right? Uh, it, I mean, it's going to be hard to improve upon the offensive performance that they had this past season, but they have to. Right. Because in the end, as good as they were on offense, they scored 22 points in the Super Bowl. Like It's not enough. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you're probably going to have to go through the Chiefs. So how do you get better? I think one way and one thing that they need to look at is to add an element of speed to this team, because as 100%. good as Debo is with the ball in his hands, as good as Ayuk is as a route runner, neither one of them are taking the top off the defense. There's no threat of that. They need that threat again. They need, you know, they, as as ridiculous as it sounds, they need Marquise Goodwin. They need uh, Taylor Gabriel, right? Who was who was that guy for for yeah. Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta? And I think they thought they might have had that in Danny Gray. It hasn't worked out. So now you need to look somewhere else. And I would venture to say that that's not the draft because Kyle Shanahan has proven over and over that if he drafts a wide receiver, that wide receiver is not going to be productive in his offense. For the first season, maybe two. Uh, you know, I think Ayuk is the exception to the rule. Debo's the exception to the rule. But every other, you know, wide receiver that they've drafted hasn't really done anything. You know, you might even think, oh, well, what about Juwan Jennings? Juwan Jennings was cut <laughs> after he was drafted. They brought mm-hmm. him back on a reserve, a reserve future contract, which is why he's a reserve free agent this season. Um, and so they need somebody to take the top off the defense. They need. They need, they need something different. They need a changeup. They need to be able to keep other defensive coordinators on their toes uh, because it sure seems like Steve Spagnuolo knows how to slow down and stop this 49ers offense. And it sure seems like Mike McDonald knows how to slow down and stop this 49ers offense. And 
they got to they got to do something. And then on the defense, like you said, I, I think the biggest the biggest thing they they can do to get better on defense is to get better on the line, and that involves bringing in more players for depth and impact. But also, it requires those players like Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, and Eric Armstead to step up and perform better. Not that Armstead didn't, but Armstead was hurt a lot, and that's the yeah. that's the bigger issue there. So, you know, he, I think that's how they surgery. Didn't he have surgery? Didn't he had like he a, did. a pretty decent? He had a torn meniscus. Okay, yeah, he had a, a like, torn meniscus you know, and then for, his for plantar fasciitis. Yeah, he played through a lot this year. Still yeah, and well. Mooney Ward, Mooney Ward just had surgery. Um, he didn't say what it was, but based on where the the photo he posted on social media, uh, that that clinic specializes in core muscle injuries. So it sounds like he had a groin issue that he played through, and I think Javon Hargrave had a torn thumb ligament that he had to get uh, repaired. And George Kittle still has shoulder issues that need repair, but I, I doubt he's going to get it. So again, older, more injured. Like, you know, Greenlaw's coming off an Achilles. I mean, there are there are there are real barriers to this team competing for a Super Bowl next season. And the way that you overcome those is by being aggressive and smart in free agency and the draft. And that's why both of these both of these periods now are super, super important for this team. You brought up the speed on offense. I was listening to uh, Guy Haberman had I think his name was Ethan Strauss. I think was his name on his pod. He had him on his podcast recently, and and Ethan had said that the Niners need to add speed, and they were talking about it. He's like, they don't have anybody who can stretch the defense. He's like, Debo can do it with his ball, with the ball in his hands, mm-hmm. but he's not somebody who could do it downfield. And they they brought playing the Super Bowl when he didn't have separation. And the guy said, I've seen him run that play and practice a million times. Debo, Debo never has separation on mm-hmm. that play unless he's schemed open. And Ayuk is a f- phenomenal route runner, but they don't have the speed. So I looked at. Danny Gray runs a 4-3-3, but Danny Gray's never going to get on the field. Right. And I looked up there 40 times, and I think Debo's the fastest at 4-4-8. Four, four. Four, four, and yeah. then Ayuk was 4-5, and, and mm-hmm. Jennings was like 4-7-4. Four, four. Four, I love yeah. Jennings. I absolutely love, love Jennings. Terrific, yeah. you know, intermediate player. But they knew they do need to get a guy, even if you take one shot a game or one shot every couple of games, just that's going to keep you honest. Get that receiver. Just to give him something to think about. Right, right. Just chuck it down, whatever. Chuck it down the field once or twice a game, you Mm -hmm. know, to give him something to think about. And I think that can open up. Like you said, they need to get better. That's something that can make them better as well. I'm interested to see if there's – I haven't done really the draft prep yet, but I'll have to look at some guys with speed and everything that might be be good fits for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an important offseason for the 49ers, Uh, not only for 2024, uh, but for the future as well. And I am genuinely excited to see how it plays out. And I just hope that they have self-scouted and they see some of these same weaknesses, some of these same areas to improve and they attack them and they do it, like I said, uh, with aggression, but also with, you know, w- with some smart moves and, you know, they haven't, they haven't given me any reason to think that they won't. And so that's where my excitement comes from. Uh, but it is a, a, a different front office now. Um, it is a different coaching staff and, and, and it's just, you know, we'll just have to see how things, how things shake out the, the first domino being defensive coordinator, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. And I know last show I was on, I talked about, I wanted to talk about some coaches that I think Kyle Shanahan compares to throughout history. 
I'll do that next show because we're running out of time. But I think I think that's a pretty interesting thing to talk about. So we'll hit it up next time. But until then, uh, for Brian, I'm out. Later. Nine zero three. One zero three. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.